Hi everyone, may God's peace be with you all. I thank God for the opportunity to worship God with you all tonight and bring God's word with us. As we gather here, let us open our hearts and minds to receive his message and may the Holy Spirit be with us and give us understanding um, in applying his word to our lives. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we, as we gather here tonight, we humbly come before your presence. We thank you for this opportunity to seek truth, to hear your word. As we open your word now, may your Holy Spirit guide us guide our thoughts and our understanding. Help us to see the significance of Zacchaeus' encounter with Jesus and how it can impact our lives today. May the word of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please open your Bible and um, hear God's word, Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10. Luke chapter 19. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not, because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. May God bless his word. Whether we realize it or not, at some points in our lives, each one of us becomes a truth seeker, searching for the true meaning of life. We've all asked questions like this. How did this world come to be? Where do I come from? What awaits me after this life? 
and what is the purpose and meaning of my life? How would you answer these questions? You are probably one of the nuns, N-O-N-E, whose view is influenced by atheism as I was before. You believe that there is no God in this world, that the world is only made up of matter, and that everything exists just because of the random collision of atoms. Therefore, according to this view, life has no specific purpose or meaning, and there is no spiritual aspect to humanity. When people die, it is seen as the end. But do you truly believe that nothing created everything? That from absolute nothingness, everything we see around us came into existence by itself? Or do you think it is more reasonable to believe that something created everything? That something is God. Alternatively, you are probably one of the duns D-O-N-E. You may have spent time researching many religions in the past. You might have read various religious scriptures, participated in different religious rituals or meditations, or in an attempt to find the true meaning of life. However, you still have not found the answers. You continue to grapple with the mysteries of life and you think you would never get the answer. Therefore, you are not searching for the truth anymore. You are one of the duns. Or for many of us, you are one of the ones. W-O-N. You have been searching for the truth and at some point, in your life, you have encountered Jesus Christ and experienced his great and deep love and mercy. Eventually, you put your trust in him and became God's children. You have been won over by his love and grace. In tonight's passage, we can see the journey of a seeker, Zacchaeus who actively sought Jesus and was won over by him. His story inspires us, showing that regardless of our past experience and the depth of our sins, when we encounter the eternal truth, Jesus Christ, our lives can be transformed by his love and grace, and we can live a life that is truly satisfied peaceful, and joyful. For those in the nuns or duns, I pray that you would encounter Jesus and become one of the ones tonight. For those in the ones, I pray that you would appreciate more of the grace of Jesus and therefore reciprocate his love through obedience and service. In tonight's sermon, we see 
Zacchaeus' journey of seeking, from a sinner to a saint. We have three points. First, he sought Jesus from verse one to four. Second, he found Jesus from verse five to seven, and third. He witnessed Jesus from verse eight to ten. He sought, he found, and he witnessed. Let us look at the first point. He sought Jesus. Verse one read, "Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through." Luke records this event as something that happens towards the end of Jesus' earthly ministry. Following this scene, Jesus would soon enter Jerusalem, surrender himself to be judged, and to be sentenced to death on the cross, fulfilling his redemptive work for mankind. In this context. Jesus entered the city of Jericho and came to this place. Verse two tells us, "And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich, and he was seeking to see who Jesus was." This verse tells us that Zacchaeus was not just a tax collector; he was the chief. Tax collector and a wealthy man. During the time of Jesus, the Jews were under the rule of the Roman Empire. The Romans divided the land into different regions, and in each region, they selected Jewish individuals to collect taxes from the local people. Zacchaeus was one of these people who were responsible. For collecting taxes for the entire city of Jericho, the Roman Empire, the Roman government only cared about the total amount of taxes collected and the deadlines for payments. They didn't care about how the tax collectors went about their job. Therefore, tax collectors often used various methods, including. Intimidation, extortion, threats, deception, or to collect more taxes than what is required by the Romans, so that they can maximize their own profit. That is why Zacchaeus was a rich man. He had probably accumulated substantial wealth through all these means. In this passage, the Bible tells us that Zacchaeus was seeking to see who Jesus was. When you read this, it might sound like nothing special. However, in the original text, the verb "seek" is an imperfect tense, which indicates that his seeking. To see Jesus was a continuous and repetitive action. In other words, Zacchaeus had a strong desire to meet Jesus. Why did he have such a strong desire to see Jesus? 
Zekir had so much wealth, and he must have been a capable man too. Otherwise, he would not have been the chief tax collector. He likely had substantial influence too, as money can often open many doors. However, it seems like something was missing in his life, which drove him to seek Jesus. So, my dear friends, what about us? Have you ever thought, if I have, if I, I just have a bit more money, a bit more power, or a bit more knowledge? Then I will be satisfied. If I can have a bigger house, a nicer car, one more degree, and a higher position, I will be content. Is that true? Some time ago, I watched an interview with Elon Musk. When he was asked if he ever felt lonely. And he answered honestly, "Yes, especially when I am working hard by myself, and my dog is not with me." Can you imagine that? The richest person in the world, an incredibly in- intelligent individual who seems to have everything, still experiences feelings of loneliness. And solitude. Isn't this the same truth the book of Ecclesiastes through Solomon told us three thousand years ago? Regardless of all the possessions we have, whether it's knowledge, wealth, delicious food, beauty, or any other kind of enjoyment, life without God is all vanity, chasing. After the wind, the theologian Augustine tells us that God has placed an infinite void within humans' hearts, and that only the infinite God can fill this void. Zacchaeus recognized his situation, and he might have heard about many of Jesus' miracles through others. He might have heard that Jesus was the Son of God who could give people an abundant life. He might have heard that Jesus was the bread of life, and those who follow him would never go hungry. He might have heard that Jesus was the living water, and those who follow him would never go thirsty. Therefore, he seized the opportunity to seek Jesus. Hoping that Jesus could provide him with answers for his life. However, verse three tells us that there were many people present, and Zacchaeus, due to his small stature, was hindered from seeing Jesus. Nevertheless, despite his physical limitation, he is smart enough to discern the direction in which Jesus was going. Verse four says, 
So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore fig tree to see him. Imagine this. Zacchaeus was a somewhat notorious middle-level official in that society. And yet, he disregarded his social status and, like a child, set aside his pride to climb a sycamore fig tree just to catch a glimpse of Jesus. Despite his physical limitations and the pride that could have kept him from approaching Jesus, his determination ultimately allowed him to see the Lord. This comes to the second point, Jesus found Zacchaeus found Jesus. When Jesus came to the place, verse 5 says, He looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. I don't know if Zacchaeus was hiding behind a tree trunk at that moment, just trying uh, to sneak a peek at Jesus. But when Jesus passed by and suddenly looked up at him and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. Imagine the scene at that time. There were probably thousands of people following Jesus. However, Zacchaeus suddenly became the center of stage. Jesus knew his name, talked to him in person, and wanted to stay at his house. Zacchaeus must have been amazed and overwhelmed. He had, he had heard testimonies about Jesus before, and about how he could heal the sick, cast out demons, calm the storm, and raise the dead, among other things. But before, it was just hearsay. Now, he could see Jesus with his own eyes. He felt that Jesus was not some distant, cold miracle worker, but someone who showed love and acceptance. I can imagine that Jesus called his name with a gentle and a loving voice without criticizing, accusing, or condemning him, but expressing the desire to stay with him. Jesus' loving actions toward Zacchaeus won his heart completely. Moreover, we should pay attention to the very important Greek word here, which is they, translated as must in this context. Jesus said, I must stay at your house today. In the Gospel of Luke, whenever this word is used, it signifies a divine appointment, 
which means a divine moment or a divine arrangement. For instance, in Luke chapter 4, 43, when the crowd in Capernaum wanted to keep Jesus from leaving that place, he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. And also in Luke chapter 9, verse 22, when Jesus prophesied his death and resurrection, he said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. There are other verses as well that use the word must to indicate that these events happened because of God's purposeful arrangement. Jesus came to the city of Jericho with a divine mission, which was to meet Zacchaeus and stay at his house. Brothers and sisters and friends, the reason we can gather here tonight and hear the story of Zacchaeus is also a divine moment. This is because Jesus loved you and Jesus actively seeks you, bringing you closer to him tonight. This is what verse 10 tells us, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. In other words, it is because the Lord Jesus actively seeks us that we can come before him. Just as Jesus actively sought Zacchaeus, allowing him to then find Jesus. For this reason, when Zacchaeus heard Jesus' gentle call, asking him to come down, as verse 6 says, So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. Zacchaeus came down from the tree in a hurry and received Jesus with a joyful heart. Please also pay attention that before this story, when Jesus drew near to Jericho, he also healed a blind beggar after the beggar cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. According to Michael Wilcock, the theme, the theme of joy here, coming as it does after a story about the son of David, may suggest messianic joy. However, no matter what, what is clear is that joy is an appropriate response to God's initiative on our behalf. Zacchaeus was a rich and capable man, but he wasn't happy inside before. When he encountered Jesus, who is the life, the truth, and the way, he received him joyfully. My dear friends, the only people in the world who can be truly happy are Christians. 
Their joy doesn't depend on temporary and superficial circumstances. Their joy comes from an eternal source, the Word of God, which is untouched by worldly matters. Even though we may face various challenges and difficulties in life, and eventually come to an end to the end of our earthly journey, we can be confident that we have eternal life, and that nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ. This serves as a reminder that joy is the result of God's gifts of salvation. All of us who are saved should experience this joy, and we can live out this joy. This is why the Apostle Paul encourages fellow believers in 1 Thessalonians to rejoice always. He also tells the Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. If you haven't yet experienced the joy of salvation, you need to sincerely come before Jesus, confess and repent of your sins and believe in his redemption. When you do this, God promises that his Holy Spirit will dwell within you, filling you with love, peace, and joy. Zacchaeus experienced it. Many of us have experienced it, and you can experience it too when you place your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. However, when Zacchaeus joyfully received Jesus, it caused controversy among other people. In verse 7 it says, And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Here it says, they all grumbled. Means that most people, if not everyone, had this kind of discontent. This shows that we humans often have a tendency to think we are better than others. In our hearts, we might say, look at that person involved in adultery, extortion, and deception. God surely won't save them. But I, on the other hand, always live in accordance with my own conscience, treat others and treat myself fairly, and I show kindness, humility, and compassion to others, I'm surely I will be going to heaven. If we think like this, we are being self-righteous. In Mark Chapter 2, 17, Jesus said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, 
I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. What Jesus meant is that he came to save those who know they are sinners, not those who think they are good and righteous as they think they don't need Jesus at all. Zacchaeus not only acknowledged his wrongdoings, but also was willing to take repentant action and bear witness for Jesus. This comes to our final point. Zacchaeus witnessed Jesus. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. A person who is truly saved in the Lord will surely bring forth actions of repentance. Here we see the positive changes that Zacchaeus' faith in Jesus brought about. Zacchaeus used to value money above all else. And he used various means and methods to extract wealth, accumulating a huge fortune for his own enjoyment. However, now that he has experienced the grace of Jesus, his perspective on life changed and his value shifted. He was willing to share his wealth with the poor, giving away half of his possessions. That is a very generous act. And furthermore, he was also willing to rectify his past wrongs by repaying those he had extorted from with four times the amount he took. After doing this, he likely had very little wealth left. But for Zacchaeus, it does not matter anymore because he has already received the most precious thing in life, which is Jesus Christ, the promise of eternal life. Brothers and sisters, genuine faith in Jesus will surely bring about a transformation in your life. Before believing in the Lord, you might have had a quick temper, but after coming to faith, you gradually adopted the gentleness and humility of Jesus, becoming more patient and tolerant with others. Before believing in the Lord, you might have been a control freak, wanting to manage every aspect of your life, wearing yourself out in the process. However, after believing in the Lord, you learned to be let go and allow God to take control of your life. Before believing in the Lord, you might have been stingy with money, relying, rarely giving to God and to others. But after experiencing 
the deep love of Jesus, you became more generous and compassionate towards God and others. This is the process of sanctification. As a pastor, when I see brothers and sisters willing to offer their time and money for the work of God, I'm very grateful for them. They work together diligently to prepare for each Sunday worship. They generously bring food to share, to actively prepare refreshments. They put effort into organizing connect group and various fellowship activities. They open their houses to welcome others. They actively share the gospel with those around, and so on. All of these actions stem from their experience of Jesus' love and their willingness to reciprocate that love. The more we give, the more we receive. That is God's blessings upon us. Zacchaeus experienced God's blessings, and, re- and in response, he showed generosity through his actions. In verse 9, Jesus openly acknowledged Zacchaeus' salvation and declared, Today, salvation has come to this house since he also is a son of Abraham. When Zacchaeus responded to Jesus in faith, he became a true descendant of Abraham, inheriting God's blessings and eternal fellowship with him. And finally, Jesus said in verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This verse serves not only as a summary of this story, but can also be one of the central themes in the entire Gospel of Luke. Zacchaeus was once lost, living in sin and without any hope, but Jesus came to Jericho, sought him, and stayed with him. And similarly, tonight, Jesus continues to seek the lost, including you and me. This is the purpose and mission of Jesus coming to earth. The Bible tells us that we are all like sheep who have gone astray, walking in our own ways, thinking We are on the right path, but in reality, we are on the road to destructions. However, Jesus Christ, who is the truth and the life, has opened a new and living way for us, leading us back to the presence of the eternal God. Regardless of our wicked past, or the depth of our sins. Jesus knows us all just as he knew Zacchaeus, and he calls us by our names. When we hear his voice, 
we are willing to repent from our sins and ask for His forgiveness, His blood shed on the cross, then wipes away all our sins and blots out all our iniquities. Therefore, we can come before the Holy God without fear, without fault, without blemishes, and we can receive His eternal blessings. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that beautiful? We should be reminded of this wonderful message all the time so that we can respond to His love by loving Him, loving others, and witnessing His glory. If you are still seeking the truth, look no further. Jesus is the only way. He holds the answers to all aspects of your life. He provides purpose and meaning of your existence. And He can give you a full life, a life of contentment, a life of peace, and a life of joy. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your message tonight. Through the story of Zacchaeus, we are reminded that we were once lost in our sins, but you sought us out and transformed us from sinners to saints. Lord, we thank you for the immeasurable love you have poured upon us. You have given us new life, purpose, and the promise of eternity with you. As we leave this place, help us carry the message of your love and the joy of your salvation. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, enabling us to love and serve you and others just as you have loved and served us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.